With university and college applications just around the corner, I wanted to give some last minute advice or early advice if you're in your grade 11 year perhaps or you're not applying this year. Uh, but times are changing and I have a few things that I think you should think about in terms of how education is changing and how you can take care of your mental health in the process. So let's dive in. Welcome to the Gap Year Podcast, where we explore the who, what, where, when, and why of gap years. It's real people sharing their stories, ideas, and experts diving deep into how you can make the right decisions in order to have a meaningful gap year. This is the place to be no matter where you are on your gap year journey. I'm Michelle Dittmer, your resident gap year expert. Let's jump right in. Welcome to the Gap Year Podcast. My name is Michelle Dittmer and I am your host and Gap Year expert. Today we are talking about picking a post-secondary program and school. And for most students, this is the first major adulting decision that young people need to make. And that can feel extremely stressful, extremely overwhelming for both parents and students. So I want to give you a couple pieces of advice from somebody who deals with these decisions on a daily basis. Um, I'm going to give you my first piece right away with no context because I think it's really important. Nothing, no decision that you are making is a life sentence. In our lives, we have to make decisions that we think are best given the information that we have available to us at that time. And that may not be the best decision for you a year from now, but in this moment, that is the best decision for you with the information you have access to right now. But even five minutes from now, you're going to grow, you're going to learn, you're going to find new pieces of information, and you're going to change your mind. This is 100% natural. This is normal. This is common. You don't need to stick with anything for life, okay? You can start going in one direction and then pick another one. Nothing is a life sentence. I want to say that again. Nothing is a life sentence. And I'm saying this because I want to remove some of that pressure, some of that self-inflicted pressure that you are not going to ruin your life with decision that you are making about your post-secondary program. That is 100% guaranteed. You are not going to ruin your life. Um, and, and I think it's really important that we keep that in perspective because when we are overstressed and overstimulated and just thinking too much about a decision, it can really weigh on our mental health and it can also lead us to maybe not thinking so clearly about what that right decision might be for us. So I want to remove that pressure. Nothing is a life sentence and you are allowed to change your mind. 
And I, that's something that I can back up with statistics. Um, so every year, uh, 65,000 students transfer programs or schools and they're transferring for all sorts of reasons. So they're transferring because they've had a change in career goals. It's fine to have those. They're changing because the program or the school is no longer a good fit for either personal or financial reasons. Life happens and it's okay to change. Maybe they're changing to get access to a, uh, a program or a school that they didn't initially have the grades to get into. So they, they got some grades, they got their grades up at a different school and then they're gonna transfer in. Um, and the last reason for, for transferring or the, the last most popular reason is to combine different degrees and diplomas to increase your chances of career success. Now, these statistics come from OnTransfer, which is an incredible resource if you don't know about it already. It shows you all of the ways that you can transfer credits from one institution to another. It's an invaluable resource. If you maybe are one of those situations where you couldn't get into a program um, because of your grades, figure out how you can transfer in after your first year in post-secondary. Use this resource. It is incredible. So that those stats came from OnTransfer, which is specific to Ontario, but all the other provinces have something similar. So there's Transfer Alberta or BC Transfer Guide. So if you type in the name of your province and then credit transfer, you're likely going to find the organization that's responsible for communicating all the details on how to transfer between institutions and between programs. Now, the other thing that I want to say to lighten your stress level a little bit is that all Canadian institutions provide a quality education. And I, I think that we often get caught up in reputation, like, hey, Queen's has a really good reputation. U of T has a really good reputation. And reputation does not equal quality of education. Uh, I think that's really important. In Canada, we are very, very lucky. We have pretty strict regulations on what it takes to be an accredited institution at the post-secondary level. No matter where you go, you are going to get a good education. So I want you to just lighten up a little bit, give yourself a, a, a little bit of a break and take a breath. It is going to be okay. The next urgent piece that I want to, to share with you from keeping so that you don't get so stressed out too much is that you don't need to have your whole life planned out to make this decision. You don't need to know what career you want to get into. You don't need to know what the job market is going to look for like four years from now. All you are doing at this point is taking the next step. You're not taking the last step. You are taking the first step. Uh, we definitely want to be picking a step that is leading us forward and a step that's leading us in a direction that makes sense for us. But it's just that. It's just the next step. It's very similar to the idea of having like a one true love um, that that is also not entirely 
true. You're you're not picking your one true loved career um, at this stage in the game. That's just, you don't know who you're going to be by the end of your education. And you don't know what the job market's going to be like at the end of your education. The perfect pathway does not exist. And again, here's some data for you. The, it's projected that people are going to have between three and five careers not jobs, careers in their lifetime. And that's going to be upwards of 15 different jobs. Okay? So even if you are headed in one direction, that's not me, does not mean that you're not going to change directions multiple times during your careers. So we don't know what that future is going to look like. So starting training right now for something that perhaps might not exist four or five years from now. Um, it, it might not lead you in the way that you thought, or you might discover something about yourself or a different uh, career that might be more interesting to you. All you can do at this stage is pick a direction that makes sense for you, and that is going to be good enough for now. We're not planning the last step. We are only planning the first step. No education is wasted. You are going to learn something about the world, about yourself, develop a new skill. Something is going to happen that is going to move you forward. You just need to make that first step. Now, I took a, a course a year ago about the link between mental health and career development for youth. And the biggest mistake was that young people were looking too far into the future. They were looking to make that that last decision rather than the first one. So for the sake of your mental health, I want you to look at this as just taking the next step, not the final step. My next piece of advice is when you are looking at getting advice from other people is to check in with who and where you're getting your information on the options before you. Uh, not everyone is informed or equally informed on all of the different pathways that exist out there. And every single person is bringing their particular personal biases to these conversations and to the information that they are sharing with you. So, for example, teachers are can be very, very informed on uh, college versus university versus apprenticeship versus gap year, but the vast, vast majority of them only went through a university pathway, and they're going to be naturally influenced by their lived experience. And it's not a strike against them. It's not a call. Um, um, I'm not calling them out on anything. I'm just saying that is the approach that they are coming to the conversation. Just as I'm bringing my bias towards gap years because of my experience and seeing the benefits that young people are getting out of it. Uh, so everybody that you are talking to has a personal bias. So I want you to think of a couple things when you are evaluating if you should take somebody's advice or somebody's information at face value. So I want you to think about what type of education did that person receive and in what field? Is it relevant to what the information that you are seeking at all? Or are they just bringing their uh, uninformed uh, information or their lived experience as their only source of information? 
ask if they actually or assess yourself is do they actually know about other pathways and do they have current information about the all of the different pathways um because I think that's really, really important. Things are changing. The role of private career colleges versus college versus university versus apprenticeship versus entering into the workforce, it's looking very, very different. And I think you also need to look at how long ago were they in higher education? Things have changed. Um, the, the internet may have not existed when they were in school. Um, the ways that we can learn now is vastly different. Colleges especially are very different than what they used to be. The trades are so in demand and so well paid and you can even get paid to go to school for that. So looking at how current is people's knowledge of the different sectors can also help you figure out if that information that they're providing or the advice they're providing is accurate and relevant. Now, if you know what you want to study, uh, it can be pretty easy or a little bit easier to just to make the decision about where you want to go and what program you what you want to get into. So my recommendation is if you know kind of the area that you want to study in, I want you to look at all of the schools that offer that program and then you can weigh the schools against each other. And, and you notice I didn't say the programs. Uh, it's more in my opinion, about is this school the right fit for you? Does this school have the supports that you need, the environment that you need in order to be successful? It's not about reputation. If you can't make it through because that school was too expensive or too far away from home or too, the class sizes were too large, it doesn't matter if it has the best reputation. It is not going to work for you. So my primary tip is for you to get on campus. Each school has a very unique culture, has a very unique campus, and you're going to have to be there for a good chunk of your life for the next four years. So you want to make sure that it is a good fit for you. I want you to look at the class sizes. Is that how you want, how you learn best? Or is that a way that you can learn? Just because it has a great reputation, if you are in a class of 1,500 students, are you going to be able to learn? The next thing I want you to think about when it comes to choosing the school is the geography. Now, are you looking at living at home or are you looking at living on campus? I want you to really think about a couple of things. I want you to think about budget and the budget is initially looks more expensive when you are looking at renting or staying on in residence on campus. So make sure you are looking at a budget to make sure you know how it's going to actually pan out. Factor in bus fare or gas and insurance for a car and parking. What is that going to look like? But also on top of budget, if you are going to be commuting, what is that commute going to look like? How many hours a day on a bus are you going to be spending? 
Are you able to study on the bus? Can you use that time for another purpose? For me, I get extremely carsick. So that would have been just time that I could spend doing nothing but looking out the window at the highway. So think about what does that commute look like for you? I want you to think about what kind of college or university experience do you want to have? How do you want your day to look? Do you want to spend the time commuting? How early in the morning would you have to leave home? Um, would you actually, if, if social life is important to you, would you actually stay on campus to participate in an extracurricular or go to a party with your friends? Or would you be um, inclined to go home? Um, are you able to make good use of your time during classes? Um, if you're going to have a three hour break, are you going to be able to get your homework done? What does that look like? If you're thinking about going away, think about how far away you should be um, and, and what is comfortable for you. How confident are you being away from home? What happens if there was an emergency? Are you going to get homesick? There's lots of things to think about when you're thinking about that commute or living on campus, which then dictates how far away you need to be uh, or want to be. So think about these questions and then make a radius around your house and start to find something that might be the best fit for you. Now, if you don't know what you want to study, totally fine. You still have options. Remember, it's all about just taking the next step. So obviously a gap year is an option and we'll talk about that in a second. But if you want to go to school, that is fine too. What you want to be looking for is a general first year program or an introductory first year program. And this is for a couple reasons. Number one, it's going to give you exposure to a variety of subjects. So for myself, I was really interested in the sciences, but I didn't know which direction I wanted to go in. So I took a general first year and got exposure to the physics and the maths and the sci and the biologies and the chemistries. But I also had the flexibility to take some anthropology classes, a psychology class. And so you get exposure to things and you're essentially exploring for another year before you have to specialize. There's no reason why you need to be hyper-specialized in your first year of your undergraduate program. You have lots of time to explore and experiment. And to be quite honest, coming out of high school, you don't have enough knowledge and enough experience and enough exposure to be able to pick something that is hyper-specialized. Get out there, take that general year, get exposure, try some other things. The other benefit of this is that you are likely going to get more generic credits. And what that means is if you decide to switch directions, switch schools, switch programs, most of those credits are likely to be able to be transferred. If you were in brain cell microbiology and you wanted decided you wanted to get into 
um, kinesiology, maybe those credits aren't going to transfer. But if you took uh, an anthropology course, an intro to bio course, uh, a psychology course, those are courses that are likely going to be useful in other programs. So you're not wasting your time if you decide you want to go in another direction. You can always, always, always specialize later. So look for those generic or general programs and that is a good use of your time. So I get the question a lot that if I don't really know what I want to study, is it worth applying? Usually my answer is yes. I think it's important to get the experience of going through the process of applying um, while you do that with the support of your guidance counselor, uh, you're doing it along in the same cadence as your peers. So I do think it is helpful to go through it, even if you don't know, even if you're just kind of pulling something out of the dark and just throwing it on that piece of paper, that uh, the cost of doing an application is nominal in the grand scheme of it, but that experience of going through it and being part of it can be very, very helpful for you in the future so that when you are ready, you're going to be more familiar with the process. And besides, it's a little bit of a confidence boost if you get into programs that you applied to, um, but you don't even want to go. You could be the one turning them down. Applying now doesn't mean you need to accept something. It doesn't mean you need to go to university, but what it can do for you is buy you more time to figure out who you are and what you want to do. Now, what if you know that you're taking a gap year next year? What are you going to do? You have two options here. So option one is just like your peers, you're going to apply to your post-secondary program in grade 12 in a couple days, and then you're gonna wait to hear where you get in. Once you get into a school, then you can apply for a deferral. And what is a deferral? That is when you say, oh my goodness, thank you. I would love to come to your school in this program, but I'm not ready to come September of 2024. I would like to start September of 2025. Now the schools can say yes or no to this request. You can also check out their deferral policies on their website. Just Google the name of the school and deferral policy and it will probably be the first link that comes up. And But a lot of schools will allow you to take one more year so that you can have your gap year. And the bonus to this is that you don't have to apply again. They are holding your spot so you can actually just sit back and relax and enjoy your gap year rather than worrying about the application process all over again. Now, option two, equally valid, you don't have to apply now. You don't apply in your grade 12 year. You simply apply on your gap time. And the process is almost identical, which is why I recommend going through the process anyways, but it's almost identical. You just go through that same process and put in your application, but on your gap year instead of in your grade 12 year. So, by not applying, you're going to buy yourself some time. But the important thing to realize is that you're going to have to spend some time on your gap year figuring out what you want to do so that 
next January, when it comes around and you have to apply, if you've done your gap year right, you're going to have an answer to the question, what do I want to study? But if you do your gap year wrong, then you might be in the same spot, not knowing which direction you want to travel. So uh, not travel, which direction you want to study. So I think it's really important that um, if you are not applying, if you don't know what you want to study, that you are intentional with putting your plan together in your gap year so that September, October, November, December, you are getting closer to understanding what you might want to uh, study. Now, the Canadian Gap Year Association and I, we believe so strongly in education, but Education in the broader sense. Education comes in so, so many forms. So we've got edu formal education. Those are things like school, high school and university and college and apprenticeship. But we've also got informal education, like taking a course, participating in a hackathon, taking a class on uh, mosaic building. Um, all of those experiences are true and non-formal education. So we've got formal, informal and non-formal education that are all the things that happen in life. These are all forms of education and they all have value. And I want to underscore that they all have value. There are so many ways to set yourself up to learn and to get the experience and knowledge that you need to live a, a very prosper, prosperous and fulfilling life. Now, I'm going to bring back one of my infamous uh, wisdom quotes, and it's going to come at you right now. Uh, I want you to listen up because it's still very relevant. When it comes to most things, there is no wrong answer. But equally, there is no right answer. So stop looking for the right answer. Stop trying to make the one and only best decision that you could possibly make. Make a good decision and that is good enough. I want you to take that pressure of finding the right decision and making the right decision and make a good decision and that is good enough. If you want to chat through your decisions or your options or have other questions about figuring out what that next step is for you, please feel free to book a call with me. I'm more than happy to share uh, everything I know about the higher education space. I spend days on end at conferences, in conversations with different institutions, with young people and their parents across the country. So please, if you do have questions, don't hesitate to reach out. We'll put a link in the show notes to how to book that call really, really helpful to talk some th these things through with other people. Now, while the decision of what to do for post-secondary is a decision about investing your time and your money, which, which are both very valuable, it is not a life or death decision. I truly believe in you and I believe that you are going to move yourself forward and you are going to make a good decision for you. And really, truly, that should be celebrated. And I am so excited to learn more about 
the decisions you're making and the way that you are moving yourself forward in this world. And if CanGap can be of any support, don't hesitate to reach out. Now, my friend, until next time, keep on adventuring. Thank you.